The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. We are now facing things that have never occurred. And this alone will help to keep the common hordes dazed and confused while the criminal manipulators continue their assault on all of us, eliminating as much freedom as possible along the way. As freedom disappears, resistance will lessen, regardless whether the loss of individual freedom is accomplished by voluntary reaction or by force. This might seem contrary to what would normally be expected, but the more that people give up their freedom to seek safety for what is falsely claimed as being for the common good, the more the individual will be shunned and shamed. Without acceptance of individual intellect and truth, dissent will fade and any control by the people will eventually be lost. With that loss of control comes a loss of freedom. Those that are responsible for this massive coup are few, but those involved in its implementation include many. The many are made of, of all the enforcers, including the entire political class from bottom to top, and even much of the compliant citizenry, those that are the eyes of the state that voluntarily monitor their neighbors due to false fear. These are pathetic individuals, for they are directly responsible for causing their own enslavement by helping to advance the agenda of their masters. Most of them have no concept of this contradiction, for they are not able to mentally grasp the reality of their actions. My rights end where yours begin, but these days we should say my freedom doesn't end where your fear begins. The past few weeks have been intense for most. I want to start getting back to normal soon. And that includes restarting our more traditional topics. It just didn't feel right to do that in the middle of this event. But even though we'll discuss it tonight, among other topics, I want this episode to be a conversation between friends. Comparing notes to see what we've all learned, what our lives have been, and what we plan to do moving forward. I will add some controversial topics as well. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. Tonight's special guests are veterans of this radio program and don't require a long introduction. They are David Weiss and Jaron Campanella. David's website is stoplookthink.com and Jaron's is jaronism.com. They both have YouTube channels as well. David and Jaron, welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Mel, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. I I uh, pinch myself every day saying, well, you know, is this true? And and I'm pinching myself right now like I'm on Veritas 
again. And I've been here since the beginning of your journey, I believe. You certainly have. And Jen, how are you? Doing great. Thanks, Mel. I'm really happy to be here. It's always a pleasure to get to talk with you. And these are some amazing times. The world is definitely as backwards as it can get. And it's great to have some friends that we can kind of talk this out because there's a lot of people in the world that are asleep to everything going on and are just taking it on the chin. And I'm glad there's a few of us uh, still with a right and a left to block those punches, you know? And I'm glad to hear that offline we were talking and I asked you about your families and everybody's doing well. Just before we begin, I want to just share a story because if I don't share it now, I might forget, but it's important and it's relevant. A few days ago, well, actually a few weeks ago, I heard the story, but it was confirmed to me about two days ago. One of my friends, he's uh, he commands a fleet of army helicopters. And uh, when this whole thing started, apparently he got a call at three o'clock in the morning. And he was told, you need to deploy or your fleet right here to northern Arizona. It was three o'clock in the morning and bring a few dozen doctors because there's something going on in the Navajo reservation and they required immediate assistance because they don't have that many hospitals up there. And he said, wait a second, can we wait until it's dawn in the morning? Because I don't want to put my people in danger flying those choppers up there at night. Well, they said, "Okay, just come as early as possible. So they landed, and there was absolutely nothing but the media. No patients, nobody in distress, nobody sick. So they took all these army helicopters there and the doctors for nothing and something else. They all returned, but they were not allowed to take the doctors back on the helicopters. The doctors were put in vans and driven down for about four or five hours instead of just heading back the same way they came in. All for optics. And when my friend asked, what is this all about? He was told, well, we need to show that this is important. And this is one story, I guarantee you, one story of many. So I just wanted to throw that out there, that these media hoaxes have been happening from the beginning. What's your reaction to this story and any others that you have heard about? Well, nothing surprises me anymore. And nothing the media does surprises me. It's all propaganda. It's all theater. It's all show. And, you know, that's why it's important to really talk these things out because there's just a lot of people who can't see it. And we see it. We call it out. I'm glad that you have that story. And and I've heard a lot of stories like it, you know, uh, CBS News setting up fake lines at hospitals. It's all over the place what they're doing. And, you know, we're out there looking for it. We call ourselves truther. One of the things I think is incredible is that, you know, truther is now a derogatory term. It's like, what are you, some sort of truther? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm trying to find the truth because we are in a sea of lies. What do you want to know the truth is what people say. (laughs) It's incredible. It's ridiculous. That or I've also heard some cops lately asking people, what are you, some sort of a constitutionalist? Yeah, right. right. Yes. (laughs) Are you a sovereign citizen? Right. I want to hear from your perspectives. I have my perspective. Let's talk about our perspectives about all of this, because people say, Mel, are you saying that this is not true? Nothing's, people are not dying. I have never said that people are not dying. People die every day from every cause, suicides, abortions, heart conditions, cancer, flu, and I can go on and on and on. The thing is, they're labeling a lot of these deaths as COVID-19. I want to hear your perspectives. Yeah, I'll start with that. Um, The numbers are being twisted beyond belief. 
the the incidence of heart attacks and strokes have almost zeroed out during the bulk of this event, and all of them have been labeled um, COVID 19s We we've spoken with uh, ambulance drivers, and they're saying that in New York City, uh, there's a lot more uh, DOAs um, when they arrive on nine one one calls, and you know, I said, is that COVID-19? And they assume it is. But what's really going on is you have people that are uh, home, not going to the hospital when they're feeling ill, uh, have heart conditions, have all sorts of conditions, and they're staying at home and they're dying at home rather than being in hospitals, either dying there or being worked on in, in heroic ways. Um, that That's just one factor of how they're twisting the numbers. Um they also, you know, they the uh, hospitals are getting paid for diagnosing with uh, someone with COVID. They they make, I think, is it nineteen thousand dollars, Jaron? Yeah, thirteen to nineteen, something like that. Uh, yeah, thir- yeah, thirteen thousand dollars, and then a di- additional. It's five thousand. I don't mean to interrupt you. Five thousand to diagnose somebody. Thirteen thousand if it comes out positive, and thirty nine thousand if it's intubated. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got incentives for these guys to bulk up the numbers. And then, you know, you've got somebody like the Tanzanian president coming forward and saying, hey, <laughs> doing something far smarter than we've seen anybody in the United States or Canada do by actually sending these tests in and getting a little sample from a, a, a fruit, a pawpaw, a donkey, and, you know, sending this stuff in and coming back that those are positive. And the way the media spins everything, and I know this is coming soon. I actually looked it up on Snopes the other day just because I wanted to see, oh, what does Snopes say about this? Snope says it's uh, undeterminable at this time because all they can go off of is the Tanzanian president saying that he hasn't provided any results or anything like that. But, of course, it's just hilarious because they're going to turn this eventually and say, well, the coronavirus is a lot more prevalent than we thought. It is in fruits. It is in (laughs) monkeys. You watch. That's what's coming. And the thing is, you probably have heard even today, I mean, the restaurant business, I said it, I've heard that certain types of meat, ground beef and all that is doubling in price this week. And it makes no sense to me if the demand is still there and food is still considered an essential service, right? Why is it that so many meatpacking plants and, you know, meatpacking plants that are euthanizing their livestock and farmers that are burying their crops, that makes absolutely no sense. If the number of people existing and living in the United States hasn't changed that much, that means the supply and the demand have to match unless somebody's causing a famine. Do you think this will be the next step if they cannot conquer us with control with this pandemic? I think that we are on the edge of a famine, especially, you know, with the supply chains cut how they are. Um, I'm seeing report after report of uh, large numbers of people at meat processing uh, factories that are diagnosed positive. So those are shut down. Um, After you know, the the harvest season this year, I think we're going to go into a massive food shortage. There's a, a lot of evidence to show that. Yeah, it seems they're just taking us down any way that they can. And I think what's really going on with this whole pandemic is an attempt to bring the world basically to its knees uh, under the idea or the facade of fear. And, you know, it's been said numerous times, fear is the only contagion. It is highly contagious. And when you have the media pushing it basically on a daily or even hourly basis, and you have the world trapped at home, having to watch it, having to know where you can go and when you can go and when you can open your business and why, you've created a population that lives in fear. And when you're in a place of fear, you no longer can think clearly. You can't think rationally, and you become a slave, even worse 
than the slavery we already had. And I always say it, it's sad that I look back and I want things to go back to the way they were before. Now they've got me begging for my former slavery. Please let me go back to the slavery I had before because this is just too much. And it's insane because I don't think things will ever go back to the way they were. Now, speaking of the meatpacking plants, I heard of a meatpacking plant that doesn't understand that they were told to shut down sales to local wholesalers, but they're allowed to sell to China, to export their meat to China. You know, Jaron says that uh, fear is the virus. Fear is the only contagion. Uh, that's true. Fear is actually the most deadly thing on the planet. People have been diagnosed. I said planet, excuse me. Uh, people have been diagnosed with cancer and have gotten sick and died. And then they find out that they don't have cancer. Fear destroys your immune system. It destroys your cells. Think about the what's the worst kind of fear to have? What are the top two fears? Um I would say one of them is financial uh, disaster fear. Well, we've got personal and worldwide financial disaster at a, right on top of us. It's happening. And then the other fear is, you know, fear of death, fear of a deadly virus that we've all been programmed to believe is trying to, you know, get into our bodies. So you have people at home in fear watching the news, which is toxic in, its, in itself, not going out in the sunlight and then wearing masks, rebreathing their own bacteria, rebreathing their own carbon dioxide. This is the exact opposite of what you would want to do to make people healthy. You are the, when when the fall comes around this fall, people are going to be at their lowest level of um, immunity. And then we're going to go into the fall. And I believe they're already forecasting it. They're programming us for this. We're going to go into the second wave, real or fake. It doesn't matter if people believe it. It's real. And Dave, you said it best, too, there when you said, you know, one of the biggest fears is the fear of death. And I think people have forgotten that there's so much more to life than the avoidance of death. There's so much more to life. But what they've convinced everybody of is that nothing supersedes the fear of death. And so they've got us all just so worried about dying and who's going to get it. And you're going to lose family members and you're going to cause your grandparents to get sick and die. You're going to murder your grandparents that people have forgotten that there's more to life than just that. And I don't know where, when people will stand up. They've already started. There's been protests and things like that. Yes. But stand up to another degree. Uh, it's going to have to be soon because people are losing their jobs. People are dying for lots of other reasons now. And they're going to start to realize that it's not the virus that is causing these deaths. It's the government's reaction to this pandemic that is going to start causing all these deaths. So I'm just hoping people stand up and realize, you know, I've talked about it before, but the, you know, we could save lives on the road if we had a stop sign every 20 feet or if the speed limit was 20 miles per hour everywhere. But there's a reason that we don't do that because it's ridiculous. And yet we've allowed them to completely shut down lives to where people can't even leave their own house. They can't operate their own business. And I've got a lot of people coming around saying, well, Jaron, what do you side with? You side with these people that say we have to get out because they need haircuts? Well, maybe I don't, but I do side with the people that have built their business, their barbers. They've you know, invested their entire life to operating this business. They have every right to stay open if they want. They have every right to allow whoever wants to come in and get their haircut to do so. That's their livelihood. So it may not be a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to other people. We take risks every single day. Getting in my car, that's a risk. How many automobile accidents do we get every year? Are we going to stop driving because there are drunk drivers out there? No, we don't. So we need to understand... And I know I sound like a broken record, but I don't get tired of repeating this. Economic health is inextricable from public health. They have to coexist. 
And all you need to do, and I'm not a scientist, but I can look at data. And if I look at the data saying that so far this flu season, we have we've had more deaths from regular influenza than COVID-19. Why is it that we're not stopping the world for the flu? Now, are you familiar? There was the, the pandemic in 1968 called yes. the H3, H3N2. Woodstock. Yep. And in the middle of this pandemic, which was bigger than this, they had Woodstock. Um, the, you know, we've been told that all you people that are going out without masks, that are going to protest, you're all going to get sick and die. Well, none of us are. You know, Jaron was at a protest. How long ago, Jaron? That was on May 1st. So 13. How are you feeling? You okay? I'm dying here. My fever's well. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm doing fan- fantastic. And we were in huge crowds, almost like a mosh pit when the uh, police decided to get involved and uh, try to infringe on people's rights. And, you know, how do you know when you stop being governed and start being ruled? It's when your leaders tell you where and when you can and can't protest. That is ridiculous. And I've heard a lot of people say that, well, you know, your rights weren't taken away. Well, what do you mean? I have the right to protest. That's our only co- combat to tyrannical governments is to get out there and say we disagree. And then you have the police show up and push us off the property saying, nope, you're standing too close together because of these orders by the governor that say that you're going to get people sick. You can no longer protest. How is that a right if it can be taken from you? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It can't be a right if somebody can just come along and say, oh, you don't have that right anymore. Well, then that's not a right. Is something really a right if it can simply be removed? Absolutely not. So it's ridiculous. And yeah, it was, uh, I'm still feeling fine. And I don't know anybody that's been to any of these protests that's gotten sick, but that's the idea. That's what the mainstream media will try and tell you is look at when we have a second spike in this and everything goes up and more deaths are being counted, that it's because of those who reopened too early and those that got out and protested. How dare them? They are costing lives, not saving lives like Burger King and Taco Bell are doing. Another point on fear, besides making you physically ill, lowering your immunity, uh, when you're in fear, this is what the government knows this, that if they put you in fear, you'll beg for their help, that you will give what you'll give up your God given natural rights. And uh, and and in fear, the government can control you. It's the old Hegelian dialectic. Uh, They put us in fear. We beg for their help. They give us their solution that they wanted in the first place. Well, think about all the people that are anti-vaxxers who may say, I'd never get a vaccine. Well, all of a sudden, if the government did come out, keep people home another two, three, four, five months, and then said, well, in order to get back to work, in order to buy and sell, in order to uh, operate your business, you're going to need to get this vaccine. Well, they just flipped a ton of people who formerly said they weren't going to get a vaccine. Well, now if their very livelihood depends on it, people will be clamoring for it. People will be lining up for something that they thought they would never take. It's a brilliant scam by those in charge. The um, vaccines, the words, the term anti-vaxxer is weaponized just like conspiracy theorists. I'd rather say I'm a a vaccine educated because if you talk to people that don't like anti-vaxxers, ask them to name three ingredients that go into a vaccine. They can't. They don't know what vaccines are made of. They don't know that there's no testing. They don't know that the uh, drug companies have complete immunity from, uh, from, you know, and it, from killing people and they kill people all the time. They don't know that the, the it's been proven these damages from vaccines. Um, they, and they just believe that having these toxic substances injected into babies, into yourself are somehow going to make you strong. The CDC says, 
If you get coronavirus full blown and then you recover a week, two, two days, whatever it takes, and you're fully recovered, you probably don't have the enough immunity that you won't be. Thank you for listening to unlock the full two hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles and more. Subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.